0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. T90 Sports Betting Radio, The Fix. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. Sixers with a big win tonight. (laughs) If I call that a big win, um, yeah, it's another conversation. But hey. It's going to be a lot of uh, attention on the Philadelphia 76ers, Doc Rivers, Danny Green, Seth Curry, uh, and of course the Ben Simmons narrative and conversation isn't going to go away, but we got Eagles to get into, and Tuesday night now, the day after a victory Monday, so NFL Eagles insider John McMullen joins us now for his nightly appearance on The Fix. John, how are you tonight, sir?
1: doing well ryan uh yeah i mean
0: the sixers beat boston that's a big win big win <laughs> huge huge baby um and we can talk sixers by, for two minutes the,
1: the most bipolar twitter of all is back
0: i know twitter sixers twitter man you gotta love it you have to you actually don't have to love it but um <laughs> you know it's amazing <laughs> what just a change in philosophy can do and i know it's only one game listen who, who knows how this team is going to perform uh over the span of the entire regular season but Pick and roll spacing, simplifying the offense, um, pretty simple adjustments, and they just look like a different team already.
1: That was my ultimate goal. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he. Uh, if you want to join him with Joel Embiid now, I don't know if you saw some of the pictures from down there, but uh, he, he evidently was. Uh, not not working out the off season, even though it was what eight weeks long.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I, I saw that one photo and he looked really big, but I also saw him like shooting around yesterday. There was a video posted and he looked fine. So I don't know if he was just wearing. That might um, be it was
1: bad. Maybe it's a bad picture. Yeah,
0: maybe it was a bad. <laughs>
1: picture. Uh, somebody, I, I think it was Field Yates who tweeted that playing shooting guard, and then he's going to play three technique for the Texans. <laughs> so. <laughs> that
0: was a bad sign. But uh, maybe it was just a bad sign. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see if James Harden is really um, putting on some extra pounds and maybe he can play center or uh, whatever the case may be. But, all right, let's get into some Eagles stuff here. The day after Victory Monday, like I said, um, fill us in. Uh, you know, Any Zoom, Zoom calls today that you were on? Anything that stands out as we're now um, two days after that win?
1: Uh, yeah, it was coordinator day, so Jim Schwartz and Dave Sip. And obviously, um, bigger news there would, is always June. But, um, you know, if you look at what happened to the Eagles secondary in uh, in the win over the Saints, you lose 75% uh, of your starters in the game. And, and Rodney McLeod obviously done for the season. So uh, it's going to be difficult for that secondary. And, and if you think about this week, Uh, Avante Maddox isn't going to play either. We know that. He's probably going to miss more than this week as well. So, you know, what do you do? You almost have to hope, cross your fingers, that Darius Slade passes through the concussion protocol, uh, which is always questionable in a week. So that's something to keep an eye on uh, because they don't have a lot at corner. And you start talking about Michael Jaquette um, who, who didn't play last week because he was banged up. You start counting on undrafted rookies, Grayland Arnold hoping he's back. Not a good situation in the secondary. And about the only positive is the versatility, I think, of Jalen Mills because if you need him to play corner, he can play corner, and that's what the Eagles did in-game against the Saints. And that's a nice luxury to have. Uh, Obviously, he's not great, but, you know, he's he's capable. And we've seen that. The Eagles won the Super Bowl with him playing corner. So, uh, at least they have that sort of safety net.
0: Talk about um, Jalen Mills a little bit more here for a second because this is another thing that you and I talked about a lot in the offseason in the summer um, with Malcolm Jenkins leaving and we talked about the leader role, that who's going to fill that, Rodney McLeod, can he step up, Jalen Mills. And it seems like Jalen Mills has um, really been solid. He hasn't been a world beater. He's not a pro bowler, but he's done enough. He's been a constant. And with the Philadelphia Eagles – Constants don't really exist over the past couple of years.
1: No, they don't. And I, I do think, you know, people went into this week thinking, uh, okay, the Eagles will probably <clears throat> just play Jalen Mills at corner uh, moving forward against Arizona. And, it, you know, as long as Avante is out again um, and who knows at this late stage that could be the entire season but you know one thing Jim's never going to tell you what he's going to do lineup wise but one thing he did sort of throw out there is that he thinks um, Jalen's making real strides as a safety so it's pretty evident he wants him at safety he wants to keep him there uh, and he's only going to move him to corner if it's an absolute necessity so We'll see who they have available. Uh, again, if, if Slay is available, I think he's staying at safety. If he's not available, uh, he's probably going to have to move to corner because uh, the Eagles just need, would need some kind of veteran presence on the outside. They do have Nikel Roby Coleman, but he's more obviously at the slot corner, has played outside at times. And then you're talking about Kayvon Seymour's and 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 the Michael Dukakis of the world, and that's not good.
0: <laughs> no, certainly not good. Um, talking with John McMullen. Follow John on Twitter at jf McMullen. dot com and si dot com is where you can find all of John's written work, and you can listen to John host Extending the Play every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. right here on AM 1490 sports betting radio i saw you um retweet this stat and i think it's interesting to bring into the conversation just fletcher cox um four sacks since week 10 he's the leader uh since week 10 in sacks and he's been a topic of conversation oh where is he and it's like well he's getting double and triple team that's where he is but <laughs> just talk about fletcher cox and the defensive line as a whole
1: yeah, I, I mean and, and that's another thing Jim said today. People are, are so obsessed with sacks with defensive linemen and and um uh, talking about Josh Sweat and the game he had and he had two sacks, Jabon Hargrave had two sacks and uh Jim's pretty consistent. It, it's about the group, uh more than one guy, one one individual statistics early in the season Brian Graham was getting uh, a lot of the sacks. Overall, the Eagles lead uh, the NFL in sacks from defensive linemen, so that's pretty good. And that's that's when you consider that Jim preaches a disciplined rush and, and you know doesn't like a lot of freelancing. So if you go back to the days of Jim Washburn and Jason Babin, if people remember that, where they just pin their ears back and did whatever the heck they wanted. He, he doesn't want that. He wants a more controlled, um, functional rust that, that's uh, very disciplined. And, and by nature, that's going to probably curb individual stats, uh, fact numbers. Uh, and that's not important. And if you look at the film and people grade the film, it, it starts with Brandon Graham outside and Fletcher Cox inside. And you're right. always facing double teams and you see it if you watch Javon Javon Hargrave sacks he's getting one-on-one and that's because they're sliding the protection towards Fletcher Cox and that's a good thing and that means Fletcher's doing his job uh and and on the other hand it means Javon Hargrave's doing his job as well because he's got to take advantage of those situations uh, and as we've gotten later in the season, he's begun to do that. And so at, at, we, know, we knew that it was going to be the strength of the Eagles defense, the defense line, and it's turned out to be the strength.
0: John, we have a question now from – joey b on twitch and uh, he said if hurts works out does it change the draft philosophy more offensive line focus or draft more weapons for hurts to use and just for me to add to that i don't know if jalen Hertz's performance is going to impact a draft philosophy either way they still have to <laughs> fill in a lot of uh positions outside of the quarterback spot right
1: yeah, they have so many uh, issues they have to deal with. Yet, first of all, you have to see where you are, uh, obviously, and you have to see how the board falls. As we stand today, the Eagles have the ninth pick. Uh, obviously, that can go up and that can go down uh, from this point. If they go on a run and win the division, it will go way down. Um, so you have to, you have to see uh, where it ends up. Um if you look for offensive line, they're not as in bad a shape as people think because there's been such attrition on the offensive line um, and the latest being Jack Driscoll, who essentially ruled out for the season today with a sprained MCL, so they'll be rolling out the 13th different group in 14 games against Arizona, but if you move forward to next year, you expect uh, Wayne Johnson to be back you expect Brandon Brooks to be back you expect Andre Dillard to be back uh, and then you've gotten valuable playing time uh, for Jordan Mailata that v- valuable playing time for Jack Driscoll before he got hurt um, and, and and Nate Herbig uh, as an interior guy Isaac Sayamala is still a young player and uh, you know, Jason Kelsey at this stage is, is always year to year, uh, and he could always decide to walk away. Um, but, you know, he's, in theory he can still play. So it, it, real quickly, this could go from a bottom 10 offensive line to a top 10 offensive line just by having those guys healthy next season. So I, I if you're asking me, you know, and, and again, this is way too early, there's a lot needier positions than offensive line. The big issue with offensive line has been injured.
0: What could be impacted from the remainder of this season with Hurts potentially as the starter for the rest of the year? Like, I asked that question being if Jalen Hurts goes undefeated, if he wins out as the starter what could change decision wise or philosophy wise in the off season? You know, if, if that makes sense, like what is, what could be up in the air and decided in the next, um, in the rest of the regular season?
1: Well, the biggest question that has to be answered right away is what Jeffrey Lurie wants to do. Um, I, I don't think there's any question he's going to, to keep the general manager. So it comes down as he's going to keep the head coach. Is he going to keep Carson Wentz, uh, Ultimately, I think he has to keep Carson Wentz. So it really boils down to you keeping a head coach. Uh, so once you, you answer that question, you can move forward. And obviously, if it's a different coach, you're not only talking about a different head coach. A different head coach, you're going to blow out most of the assistants. They're going to want to bring in their own assistants. Uh, you're likely talking about a new defensive coordinator, a new special teams coordinator. And the whole thing changes, and that really doesn't have much to do with Jalen Hurts. So, uh, overall, what what does him playing well do to the decision-making? Not that much, really. Not that much. I, I mean, it, it's it's about evaluating him as a player. It changes that. Uh, it kind of gives you a better indication of what you have if Carson Wentz continues to to go in a negative direction, um, but I, I don't think it would shift any organizational philosophy when it comes to roster building because there's so many needs, as we just said. Um, you can throw it uh, a need, at, at, you can throw a dart at the dartboard of needs, and you're going <laughs> to find something.
0: Yeah, no, it's just that list is way too long um, for it to be impacted in any way over the next few games. I was listening to. Colin Cowherd earlier today and he had Peter King on talking NFL and they got to the Eagles of course and Peter King said and this isn't something we haven't heard that the best suitor would be Indianapolis for Carson Wentz you reunite him with Frank Reich um, and sure that makes sense on paper but in your mind you know a lot of things have to happen first like you said um, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie would have to want to move on from Carson can Indy take on that contract. Um, but outside of that, do you think Indy would be interested in, in some talks um, regarding acquiring Carson Wentz in the offseason?
1: Well, I, number one, when it comes to trading Carson Wentz, it has nothing to do with the other side. It really doesn't. Because there will be uh, quarterback-deficient teams in this league. So there will be teams that will talk themselves, and I've said this consistently, into the thought process that they can save Carson Wentz. Frank Reich is certainly one of the people that knows he can play. Um, and, but, you know, <laughs> I will say an undercurrent to that is, you know, Frank Reich used to – Carson used to frustrate the you-know-what out of Frank Reich. And, and maybe national people don't recognize that who aren't here every day. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't think he's a good player, doesn't think he's a good person. Uh, just got a little bit frustrated at times with what he would consider hard-headedness, unwillingness to listen, things like that. Uh, But before you even get to that point, again, you have to talk Jeffrey Lurie into $34 million of dead money. Now, I I can't stress this enough, and when you talk to people who know how this league works, Andrew Brandt being one of them, used to be a Green Bay executive, Joe Banner, former Eagles president, that the record for dead money in this league is, I think, $21.8 million. That was Brandon Cooks, Antonio Browns also over 21. So basically, those two players. You are shattering that number by $13 million, essentially, in, in a year where revenues have been cut because of COVID-19, anywhere from 150 to $200 million. I'm telling you people, it ain't happening. It is not happening. And you can say Jeffrey Lauer is a billionaire. You have to understand the business of football. If you don't believe me, believe people in the business. Andrew Brandt, as I mentioned, Joe Banner, he is not taking on that dead money a non-starter.
0: Yeah, no, and, and it's something that you've mentioned before, and it's um, it's just crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I asked you a couple questions ago, how does the, the play potentially from Hertz impact things, and it wasn't even directly about Carson Wentz, and that's just another, you know, notch in the belt there as to what the Eagles are going to do this offseason with this quarterback situation and how they're going to potentially restructure this roster. I mean, it just feels like a nightmare situation right now, and this isn't something new. This is something we've talked about a lot, John. But I guess it's just—it's at the top of everyone's list here for things they want to talk about related to the Philadelphia Eagles. I just don't know where they go from here.
1: Yeah, and you're—you're going to see that throughout, you know, to the new league year in March, and and where they where they have to make a decision essentially and guarantee. Uh, I think second day of the league year, a big bonus. Uh, you're going to hear about it. You're going to hear about teams interested. You're going to hear about the Eagles trying to trade Carson Wentz, especially if Jalen Hurts plays well. Uh, I, again, I, I think people are looking at this from a, a fantasy football standpoint, from a, uh, a, a common sense standpoint just about football, and it's not about football. It's not about football at all. It's about business. And that's why the Eagles can't trade him. Has nothing to do with football. Nothing. Uh, I, I, Jeffrey Lurie is not going to be the guy that sets that record, and not only sets the record, explodes out of proportion in the one year, in the one year in NFL history where revenues aren't going up. They're they're falling dramatically, and. We haven't even gotten to the salary cap part of it. The Eagles are in salary cap hell, but that's a lesser part of it. Um, he's just not doing it. He, he's shown no evidence of being that type of guy in the past. I I can't believe he's going to wake up one day and say, ah, screw it. I lost $250 million because of the pandemic. Throw another $35 million on top of that.
0: I can't see it. Is there any chance they trade Jalen Hurts?
1: Uh, No, I I don't think so, because they'll need that safety net for the reason of you have no idea if you could put Humpty Dumpty back together again, no matter what the (laughs) Eagles say, uh, until you see it on the field. And he's under a cost-effective rookie deal. So that's as cheap as you're going to get for a backup quarterback. So from that standpoint, business of football, there's no need uh, to trade Jalen Hurts. And, and if anything, if he plays well, you could say his value will rise. And But remember, quarterback-desperate teams, and, and as I said, there always are some, remember the draft is coming up as well, and there's going to be Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and, and Trey Lance. And a kid from Florida, and on and on and on. You know, there are quarterbacks you can you can garner and just from using your draft picks. Uh, there are other avenues, and there's no and and again, that's the best safety that the Eagles can have at this point because of the value uh, of the contract. So, um, I, I can't see them trading. And, and you can argue, by the way, if he plays well, say. Four games, he goes back to the bench next season. You know, people will talk themselves into saying, hey, Jalen Hurts was really good at the end of last season, even though he's not playing now. Maybe, maybe that could be our answer, and that could actually add to his value in, in the long run.
0: Talking with our NFL Eagles insider, John McMullen. Follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen phillyvoice.com si.com and host of extending the play right here on am 1490 saturdays 10 a.m to 11 a.m john fill us in on this memo regarding the um the bubbles for the postseason or no bubbles uh for the nfl postseason yeah
1: there's gonna be no bubbles i'm a little surprised by that i i, I knew a couple things they were talking about and and that's um obviously neutral sites, especially when you get down to, say, the championship games, uh, to have them at one site uh, and bubble up all the teams. Uh, To me, that would have made some sense. And then the individual so-called bubble where teams would create their own bubble, their own hotel uh, in advance of of the playoffs. The Dallas Cowboys have done that at times this season because uh, of their practice facility, and they have a hotel uh, on the facility's ground so they've used that at, at times um, but the league has has said uh, teams cannot order players into a bubble. Uh, now people can do it voluntarily like the Cowboys did but um, teams cannot just say okay we're going to have a bubble and the league thinks their protocols are working as long as, as people follow them and You know, if you compare the NFL's positivity rate to society as a whole, it probably is working. Um, It's been a difficult start of winter, as everyone kind of projected as sort of the flu season. That's when people tend to get sick and viruses tend to thrive. Um, So it's been more difficult, but overall the league thinks it's working as long as you follow the protocols and they've decided no bubble.
0: Talking with Johnny Mac, NFL Eagles insider John McMullen. Um, John, I want your thoughts here. I would just want to switch gears for a second. Um, actually I'm going to save that question for last. What are your thoughts on the NFC East? And we talked about this a little bit last night, you know, can the Eagles run the table and if um what Washington loses a game here you know, obviously it's wide open, and obviously the, the division is a dumpster fire. Uh, but if you had to bet on it right now, the NFC East winner is...
1: Oh boy, that's a tough bet. I, I mean, Washington obviously has the leg up, but they don't have a quarterback again, so we don't know if Alex Smith is healthy and ready to go and back from the calf injury. I think ultimately he he'll find a way. Uh, to get that team over the top. But I, I got to tell you, Ryan, Sunday is obviously Eagles and Cardinals. If the Eagles win that game, I think they're going to win this division. Now, I, 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 I think they're going to run the table and win this division. And if they do that, that, remember, Week 17 is against Washington, so that loss is baked in for them. That means Washington will have to lose one there are other two games, and I think one of them is against Seattle, uh, so that's a difficult game. Um, and, and the Giants would have to lose one, and you kind of saw the Giants uh, last week um, really struggle, and Daniel Jones isn't healthy, so you can certainly envision that. Uh, I, I don't know if you could expect the Eagles certainly shouldn't beat Arizona. But then again, they shouldn't have beat the Saints. And we've talked about that spark word that Doug uses, juice, whatever you want to call it. Jalen Hurts certainly gave this team juice. If they can pull that off, man, it gets interesting.
0: Man, you just dropped a little bit of a bomb there, John. And that's not – I mean, I agree with you. If they win win this game against Arizona, they have to all of a sudden be – taking some control over this division there hasn't been any control in this division all season long let's get well they're not going to have control cuz they're going to have to win out
1: and and obviously you know when you're a bad
0: football team i mean
1: you think about right. all, and and but you're talking about every team uh in the in, in the NFC east i mean is essentially a bad football team or at best a, a below average football team and and you know week 17 uh, again washington even if you get to that point, controls its own destiny as well. Um, So they're the team in the driver's seat. um, But, again, they have their own issues. But, you know, if they have to go back to Dwayne Haskins, um, I I don't like their chances to win even even one of two uh, coming into that Week 17 game against the Eagles. So can the Eagles handle their business? Well, this is this is the this is the lone tough one. Obviously, Dallas is is playing uh, better. Andy Dalton is, is back, and at least uh, making them representative a, a decent football team. So they're not a walkover either. But hey, I, I said it as bad as the Eagles have set, uh, had been playing all year. I've said it all year. They're going to be playing meaningful football in December. Because of the NFC East, they're playing full football in December. Because of the NFC East.
0: Last one for John here. Um, have you have you changed your thoughts on the AFC? And last night was an excellent Monday night game between the Ravens and the Browns. And now all of a sudden, the Ravens are eight and five, and that's not a surprise. But they've been they've taken a step back overall this year from last year. Um, eight and five now the Browns are nine and four out of those two teams who is a serious threat are the Ravens a legitimate threat because for me I still need to see more from Lamar in the passing game when the lights are really uh at their brightest
1: well, yeah, I mean, I, I said that at the beginning of the season. I mean, Lamar had to prove something in the playoffs. It's, it's two years in a row he's played very poorly in the playoffs. So, But now the Ravens are just concerned about getting there. And they've had uh, a lot of COVID-19 issues, uh, a lot of curveballs thrown at them. I, I thought at the beginning of the season the two most talented teams are Kansas City and Baltimore and the AFC. I probably still think that. Uh, But Kansas City is head and shoulders above everybody. And unless something hinky happens to them, but that's the thing about this season, right? You never know who's going to test positive. You never know what week. You never know who's not going to be available. And if it happens in the wrong week, even the Chiefs can come down. And that's sort of why you you have to put that, that caveat on everything because this is such a strange season in a lot of ways. It has derailed Baltimore in some ways, and you have to give them credit uh, for being where they are at 8-5 with all the hurdles they've had to overcome. And, by the way, with all the kicking issues in this league this week in the past couple weeks, Justin Tucker, man, that guy is just – he's the Aaron Rodgers of place kickers.
0: In under a minute, um, I should have brought this up earlier. We can talk more about it tomorrow. In under a minute, your thoughts on Jake Elliott because, man, what happened to him? The Eagles gave him a decent contract from a kicker standpoint. Um, Can he get back to what we thought he was?
1: Boy, it's tough with kickers. I mean, you saw Dan Bailey. At one time, Dan Bailey had the best uh, field goal percentage in NFL history. He's missing four kicks. Uh, When you lose your confidence, and that seems to have happened to Jake Elliott. Uh, it's tough. It's 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 happens all the time, and that's why I look at a guy like Tucker and, and say, and you've seen it in the past with the Eagles. Cody Parkey was an all-pro as a rookie. hasn't been the same since. I got injured. You see him, He was another guy struggling, uh, missing extra points. Uh, it's unbelievable what happens to these kickers, and they drive. Uh, coach is crazy, except except for Justin Tucker.
0: <laughs> the few, the elite, uh, Justin Tucker up there. Let's see if Jake Elliott can get back to just some sort of consistency. Uh, that sixty-one yarder that we. By the way, have. that
1: contract, Ryan.
0: Yeah. is The only reason he us so. There you go. Thanks, John. We'll talk again tomorrow. You're hearing AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Listen online at 1490sportsbettingradio.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.